coming up on today's episode. Oh, unfortunately, something that we need to be more aware of as South Africans, the water that we drink often contains a variety of chemicals and bacteria in it. So you start getting issues like cholera, typhoid, which cause disease within your gut. Hello and welcome to Colorful Layers, a space for colorful conversations to inspire a better you and me. My name is Moto Taje and I am a storyteller and a former radio broadcaster. Thank you so much for joining us in this space as I will be chatting to some of the world's bright minds, strong voices and experts around passion topics and issues and we may even unravel some of life's colorful layers so today's episode is titled causes for an unhealthy gut and how to heal it this is actually a condensed spin-off of our initial episode that is titled why understanding gut health will empower your overall well-being this is also a must listen if you get a chance if you have ever struggled in finding some kind of regular rhythm to the optimum functioning of your gut and you would love to learn a simplified manner on what causes our guts to be unhealthy and how you can today start the process of healing it, then you have come to the right place. On today's episode, we feature Dr. Anesu, an experienced yoga and meditation teacher. She's also a medical doctor and proud founder and co-owner of the inclusive yoga studio and wellness center called The Nest Space. But before we jump into it, please, please, please do not forget to subscribe. Do follow us and know that your comments and likes are super welcome. So in our initial conversation and trying to understand what are the factors that could cause an unhealthy gut, you listed genetics as one, food, mental health, infections, and then you also said that there was like a miscellaneous uh, category. Can you walk us through these? So diseases have a lot of different root causes, right? So the first root cause that often your doctor should check for is asking you about your family, asking you about your parents, your grandparents, was there anybody in your family that had cancer of the gut? Was there anyone in the family that you know would struggle to go to the bathroom? Maybe it's even, you know, a little story that is told in your family about this gogo who would always struggle when she would go to the bathroom, those kinds of things. Because our genetics, obviously our DNA that we get passed on from our parents affects how our bodies work you are much more likely to be at risk of having gut-related issues than somebody whose parents or grandparents didn't. And then, you know, obviously, because I love the holistic health kind of standpoint, you can link that to generational trauma um, and how just as various emotional patterns or relational patterns repeat themselves through various generations and are passed down from one to the other, so too are physical illnesses passed down from one person to the other. And when we become aware of the fact that that's a trend in our families, we then have the agency to break the chain or break the pattern. So genetic issues with the gut is a very good place to start. And the best way is obviously ask your, ask your family, understand where you come from and the things that your family might have been struggling with for a couple of generations. The second one um, that often causes disease with the gut is quite logical, and that's whatever you're putting into your gut. So if your diet or your nutrition is full of processed foods, 
full of chemicals and preservatives, um, pesticides, for example, all of those chemicals that go into making that food get taken in and absorbed by your gut because your gut can't really differentiate between, oh, this is the sugar from my orange versus, oh, this is an artificial sweetener that's been added in. So your body will absorb both of those things in the same way. And obviously those chemicals will have a different effect compared to the natural chemical that your body is used to having. So nutrition mainly is around, you know, processed foods and chemicals. Those cause a lot of issues to our gut, but also the proportions of what we're eating. Are we having too much sugar? Are we having too much salt? too much chili, for example. Um, and so <laughs> obviously everything in moderation, everything in balance. Balance is the law of the universe. It's also the law of our bodies. So there's nothing that's terribly wrong. You don't have to cut out all of the sugar from your diet, but make sure that it's balanced and that you're not taking in too much of anything. Um, so that's genetic. We've spoken about nutritional and diet, the things that we take in. And then infections, and this one is becoming, ugh, unfortunately, something that we need to be more aware of as South Africans because our water is not mm. quality that it should be. But um, water and water quality is super important because the water that we drink often contains a, a variety of chemicals and sometimes a variety of bacteria in it. And some of those bacteria are bodies can handle, we know how to handle it, and other bacterial infections our bodies have no idea how to handle and they can make us sick. So if you have water that isn't of a good quality, you start getting issues like cholera, typhoid, which cause disease within your gut. Um, and also some of our food, you know, if you're eating meat that isn't of a good standard, you can ingest parasites, tapeworm and things like that from the food that you're eating that end up disrupting with your gut as well. So it ends up being, and this is why it's so important to go to a doctor who has a, a broader viewpoint of health when they're trying to figure out what it is that's wrong with you. Because a lot of doctors might just say, oh, you need to go for this test or this investigation without asking you, hey, did you go to travel to India in the past two weeks? Did you drink the tap water there maybe? Or did you have a wedding maybe these past two weeks where you were just eating lots and lots of wedding cake and maybe that's what's making you uncomfortable. Um, and, and that's where, you know, the joy of medicine comes in of trying to figure out what exactly the cause is. All right. So how does one go about in healing their gut? Or maybe they realize that I've been living this sort of life and it's not necessarily helping me. So how do I go about improving this part of my body? I think the first place to start is become aware. Um, mm -hmm. You first need to recognize whether your gut is in balance or out of balance. And we spoke about how Establishing whether you're in a state of comfort is often the best place to start. So take some time to really observe your eating habits and how your gut is working. When you eat, are you sitting down? Are you focusing on your phone or watching TV? Or are you really present with the flavors in your food, chewing and, and noticing the textures of what it is that you're eating? 
if you are being present with your food, you're probably also going to think about where your food comes from a lot more. You're probably going to think about the hands that prepared the food or that picked that tomato to bring it onto your plate. And so, again, the more aware you come, you become, the more mindful you become, the more you're able to notice when things are out of balance. Um, if you're aware of what you're eating, you'll probably be able to tell this is a bit too sweet or this is a bit too salty. This is too spicy. I don't have enough vegetables on my plate right now because I'm actually looking at my plate and the colors that are on it. So start off with becoming more mindful of your eating habits, how often it is that you're eating, how quickly you eat. Are you scoffing it all down or are you really taking it <laughs> bite by bite? to really digest your food. And then after your eating habits, notice how you feel after eating. Do you get the itis? <laughs> do you get tired? Do you feel drained after eating? Or do you feel energized? And that's how we're supposed to feel. We're supposed to feel like we get a rush of energy from our food. We're supposed to feel ready for whatever's coming next. After recognizing how you feel after you eat, recognizing your bowel habits when you go to the bathroom. Do you feel uncomfortable? Do you feel like everything is happening normally when you sit on the loo? Does your bowel movement feel comfortable and natural? Um, psychologically, how do you feel when you sit on the toilet? Noticing your mood um, when, you, when, you pass, when you pass stool, for example. Um, and then also noticing how regularly you go to the bathroom and taking the time to look into the toilet bowl after you've gone. That's also something that's a bit taboo that people don't talk about. But you <laughs> want to look at your stool. You want to make sure, you know, what's the consistency? Are there any strange things in there? You know, you can actually see tapeworm. You can see worms if you have that. So you want to be looking, be inquisitive about what your body has produced in the toilet bowl. Um, make sure there's no blood there. Make sure that there's nothing strange that you can see. Um, and all of these habits, if you think about them, are a lot to remember if you try to think of them as like a list of things to check off. But if you think about just living intentionally, and not rushing through your life, taking each moment as it comes and being present with each moment of your life. That's essentially what this is. And once mm -hmm. you take the time to observe all of these different signs and symptoms, you'll then be able to recognize, oh, I go to the bathroom way too often. Oh, my stool is way more runny than it should be. Oh, when I eat, I get heartburn afterwards because my food is too spicy. And that generally becomes then the inquiry of, okay, is this something that I can fix on my own by changing my diet or changing my routine? Or am I at the point where I need some external health? I need to go and visit my doctor and let them know all of the things that I've observed so they can tell me what to do. So intentional mm -hmm. living, mindful living really is the best place to start when it comes to health and well-being and your gut is no different. Yeah, really powerful information. I think one uh, thing that you just opened my mind to so often, you know, I mean, I think even in our culture, when you eat and then you get the eye, this is such a common thing. Whereas, yeah. you know, you just highlighted that actually that's not what's supposed to 
to happen. And I think when I come across most of my female friends, so many of them are struggling with, let's say, constipation, whereas it's become such a natural way of life. Yeah. Yeah. And it shouldn't be right. We should, our bodies should be the last thing on our minds. They, they're specifically designed to work without you even thinking about it. Just like when we're not sick, when we don't have the flu, we breathe without even realizing that we're breathing. The same thing should happen with your gut. You should be able to go to the bathroom and it's like no extraordinary moment of your day. It's just you going about your business. So if it's not that and you are having to take chronic stool softeners or you know that when you go to the bathroom, that's your best time to go on Instagram because you're there for 30 minutes at a time. That's probably not normal. And it's, it's scary sometimes to recognize that our bodies aren't working normally. But making that point of listening and looking and being present with your body is such a gift because once you correct your body and bring it back into balance, you, it's such a relief. You realize how much effort you've been spending or energy you've been spending on something that you shouldn't even be thinking about. And I suppose, uh, Dr. Enosi, as somebody who runs a vegan cafe, is there a specific way of eating that you would say you would advocate for? Or, you know, is there some sort of happy medium that uh, people can find? Yeah, I think for almost everybody, a majority plant-based diet is what we should be striving for, where mm. your breakfast is mainly plant-based, you're not having too much dairy, Dairy is also not too great for the gut because there's these bacteria called lactobacilli, which sometimes our bodies don't agree with. So that's why we have people who are lactose intolerant and things like that. So dairy is not great for our gut. Um, and so that's why a plant-based diet is good. Meat as well is quite hard for our bodies to digest. And it has a high level of unhealthy fats which isn't good for us. So that's why we want to try and keep our meat content low. But that doesn't mean that everybody has to be vegan. You can have a plant-based breakfast, a plant-based lunch, and then have, you know, a little bit of chicken or some fish for dinner. Or maybe you keep your red meat just for Friday evenings. And then for the rest of the, the week, you have majority plant-based food. I think a lot of the time when we talk about plant-based food and veganism, people just think about their plate, the normal plate that they would have minus the meat, right? And that is not appetizing at all. Nobody just wants to eat some starch and some sides. So if you are, <laughs> you know, that's just not ideal. So if you are wanting to be more plant-based or if you are wanting vegetables and plants to be the staple of your diet it's about researching meals that are intentionally made to not have meat in them or intentioning um, intentionally researching different ingredients that you usually wouldn't use chickpeas lentils all of these legumes that we don't often have in meat-based meals because the meat is the protein Find out and do your research um, and then you come up with a diet that is specifically plant-based instead of just cutting out the meat of the current diet that you have. So that would be wow. my main advice. Yeah. And I think another, another point to remember is 
a lot of us have low levels of iron, low levels of B12 that comes from meat. And some of us, our bodies are not suited to just run on a, a completely plant-based diet. So allow yourself to experiment with different diets, with different quantities of fish, of chicken, of meat, try to cut it out and see how you feel. And then if you're a bit more intuitive with your diet and you focus more on what makes you feel good, what makes you feel like you have the most energy, what makes your skin glow, for example, that's usually what it is that your body is asking for you to eat rather than just a prescribed diet that, you know, you've heard is good because everyone's doing it. Uh, that's really incredible advice. I think for me personally, I've always had this all or nothing mentality and then I always end up crashing. But the mm -hmm. way that you've just broken it down, um, it's, it's just giving me a lot of ideas and thinking. Amazing. Yeah, you, you know, you want, and we, we spoke a little bit about how you feel when you're eating. If you are feeling stressed, worried about the number of calories as you're putting that food in your mouth, the stress hormones that your brain is coursing through your body are kind of undoing all of the healthy benefits that that plant-based mm. meal might be causing. So you also want to feel happy about the food that you're eating. You want it to taste good. You want to feel excited to eat. And it's just about opening your mind a little bit to say, okay, maybe I'm not going to have, you know, bacon for breakfast and then I'm going to have meat for lunch and then a burger for dinner Maybe I'll cut out the meat for breakfast and for lunch, and then I'll really enjoy it when I have it for dinner. And it's, it's everything in moderation, everything in balance, I think. Love it, love it, love it. Um, so as we, we, as we close, Dr. Anessi, this has been so incredible. I've really learned so much. Um, and I think that whoever listens to this will definitely benefit. Are there any last words that you want to share as we wrap? Um, I think the main thing is just encouraging everybody who's listening to start to develop a curiosity and a love for your body. You know, a lot of the time when we talk about health and well-being, it's almost like a chore or a routine or, you know, something else that you're adding onto your plate. But rediscovering your body and how incredible your body is, this machine that, you know, is really the only thing that you have with you for your entire life. It, it's such a gift to rediscover your body. And so I would really encourage anybody listening to do some research, find out about how your gut works, about how your heart works, but do it from a place of fun and curiosity of learning more about yourself instead of seeing it as like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm studying biology. I have to find out about this. Or I have to find out about that. Um, you know, and that, that extends, I think, to especially to us as people of color and especially to us as women as well. You know, we, our bodies are objectified. We're often told that our bodies are for the means of men. Um, and so rediscovering your body as your temple, as your safe home, your, your only home, your only true home throughout your lifetime is really such a beautiful practice. And it, it, it ends up becoming a spiritual practice of self-worth and self-love as well. I love it. Um, and if somebody wants to get a hold of you, uh, where do we find you? 
So you can find me on the socials at Dr. Anesumbijo. That's my handle. Um, my community's handle is at the nest space ZA. Um, and I've also got a website. Um, it's www.freedomyoga.org. Um, where you can find a lot of the different interviews I've done or information about yoga and breathwork and all of the stuff that I do. And all the amazing projects that people can uh, participate in. Yes, yes. That's been a real, <laughs> I, you know, I think with, with at least my journey, I love sharing all of the stuff that I know. I love teaching. It's one of my joys. So um, if anybody has questions, Please pop them through. I'd love to, you know, teach and, and set you on your own path of, of learning about your body. And just like that, it is a wrap. I would like to say a big, big thank you to the incredible Dr. Anesu. Thank you so much uh, for joining us on today's episode. Please be sure to follow her on the socials. And another big thank you has to go out to you. Thank you so much for listening. I would like to take this moment to encourage you to hit that subscribe or follow button and know that your thoughts, uh, your comments are really welcome. Uh, please do share them on what you thought of this episode. And feel free to also share suggestions for topics that you may maybe like us to tackle in future episodes. If you are a brand or a business that would like to chat about collaborations, feel free to drop us an email, colorfullayerspodcast at gmail.com. Cheers for now. Bye.